Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking season 11, episode 4, titled something? I don't know, rendition? rendition. Yeah. Uh, except we're doing the feedback episode. This is the one where you guys get to talk about it. We get to respond. So, Aaron, do we have any feedback this week? Yeah, I've extraordinarily rendered some feedbacks from my mailbag onto my Google Doc. Uh, and we can just get right to it. I don't think I have anything else to to say for you know as a, as a preamble. So uh, uh, let's let's get it on. Uh, Bob from the UK says the thing that jumped out at me from this episode was that there are at least two separate guardrails which snap cleanly from minimal pressure. Of course, this is the previous episode. Mm-hmm. The first being the hidden reaper, which Maggie Tosso have decided. The second being some rando walker meeting the same fate. Surprised no one else pointed this out in feedback. Looks like someone had hacksawed through the rails to the last millimeter. Uh yeah, they did the get shorty plan. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, I mean, I don't know what 10 years of a zombie apocalypse does to a guardrail, mm-hmm. but, you know, post-apocalyptic OSHA, POSHA needs to get all over this guy's, these guys ass, man. Maybe it was Reg. Is, there, is Reg to blame? Did he cold roll these railings? What? Oh, man. Yeah. And the, I heard that the whispers threw a rave in this uh, stairwell. Stairwell? <laughs> They threw a, they threw a rove at the stairwell, uh, and it just fucked up the metal. It's gone. It's uh, gone. Can't hold up to nothing. Yeah, you can't put MDMA onto a stair a stairwell railing. It just it <laughs> no. eats away. It's it's yeah, ten years and it's done. I would think doing MDMA amongst <laughs> the whispers would be like the definition of a bad trip. <laughs> yeah, there how is no s- good trip in that scenario. No, I don't know how you're supposed to hold your zombie frame. You know, when uh, everything's uh, mm. 24 karat sparkle rainbows. Uh, anyway, thanks for noticing. We'll we'll uh, we'll send them uh, some kind of uh, OSHA fine. Steve B. With regard to stealth zombies, the prevalence in this universe, he goes, I think all the shooting survivors have done means their hearing is pretty much shot. So they just don't hear the walkers. Oh, that's actually a good point. I remember that shotgun scene with Herschel way back in season two, and it's just gotten worse. Yeah, like they should they should pipe into every scene just a <laughs> and and then you know then the stealth zombies make sense. Is it tinnitus? Is that how you say that word? Tinnitus, I thought. Tinnitus. But I, don't, I don't. Tinnitus. Ooh, that I don't sounds know. sounds like a Marvel Phase Four villain. It's going to come clean yeah. up the whole galaxy. It's going to rob half the galaxy of their hearing. Uh, Tom Booth. I just finished your coverage of the last episode of season 10. I haven't yet figured out how I'm going to watch season 11, but I want the way in while it's still fresh. Well, presumably uh, you can buy the whole season on Amazon. It's like it's between 20 and 30 bucks. If you got AMC, if you got cable, you got cable. But if you also have cable, you've got the free AMC plus app. You can watch uh, you, you can watch it there as well. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not sure about any other places or you wait until. I'm pretty sure this season will. I wonder how they'll do this. Will this season drop on like Netflix and Hulu and all the other places when we get to season 11 B? Or will it drop on season 11 C? I'm not sure because my current understanding is that we're going to get this in three eight yeah. episode chunks. And if that's the case, man, you might be waiting until 2023 
yeah before this stuff comes to the the stuff in which case hey you know it's not like our our feeds will be canceled and destroyed or will they you don't know what happens in 2023 it might be different this year given that the show's going off the air i don't know because normally when i see netflix get this show it gets it the year it gets it like a couple of weeks before the next year's the season, season drops right yeah so yeah. when a new season isn't going to drop what do they do with this? Do they hoard it for AMC plus? And so you got to be a subscriber now to ever see walking dead. Ooh. Do they license oh, it out God, to get the thrilling conclusion? Do they, do they license it out early and be like, Hey, while well, it's still in the media and cause we're not going to get another cycle of this. Let's just get it out there and, and start uh, watching on these services. I don't know. I don't know. It's different. I think that now that the show is going off the air, uh, so there's some options, but like I said, if you're not willing to to pony up either for cable or the the episodes themselves, it might might be a bit of a drought, like Jim was outlining. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he says you may recall that I last wrote in at these in the season nine with my ode to Tara and her four and the four char- tier character assignments. You know, you had first tier guys like Rick and Michonne. You had second tier people like uh, I think Gabriel was a tier one or tier two or anyway, it goes on down. Mm-hmm. Uh, my overall impression of season 10 is very similar in quality to nine and fucking John Steinbeck compared to seven and eight. However, there's a disturbing growing trend on the show that creates zero desire in me to watch season 10 ever again. They're simply too afraid to kill any more protagonists than the absolute minimum required per season, which is the exact opposite reputation that walking dead once boasted. You put seven or eight beloved characters in an impossible cave walker situation have the cave fucking collapse on two of them. They're fine. Everyone's fine. Have our first legitimate all out battle episode where the whispers attack the hilltop. Everyone's fine, except for the old blacksmith who got bit off screen. You didn't see it, but that happened. Other than that, let me be clear. Everyone's fine. Hmm. Uh, yeah, everyone's everyone's fine. Have another battle at the end of the season with a big lead up and every prominent or semi prominent character present. Just letting you know they're going to be fine. Everyone is fine. What the hell has happened here? Has Kang somehow even softer than Gimple? <laughs> Granted, all four major whispers from the, se- the season all died, but even CW shows kill villains every season. This uh, leads me to two questions. What is it about us fans that we are so bloodthirsty for protagonist deaths? Is it because we feel the need for consequences in our fiction? It's because happy endings for everyone make us queasy. It's because we have some sickening bloodlust. Why do I care about this so much? I think it's because I hate all the characters. That's why I <laughs> I want to see him die. But I don't know. I, I can't really speak for you. Um, yeah, I, I think part of it is, look, it's a zombie apocalypse. It's supposed to be dangerous. People are supposed to be dying. If they don't yeah. see that, it doesn't feel right. Yeah, it's a genre. It's a horror genre. Mm-hmm. People should be dying and miserable, you know? Yeah. Um. Cause I don't know. I think that I, I think of late it's become chic to kill off big characters. And I'm talking about, you know, stuff like, you know, uh, the expanse does this, the boys does this um, game of Thrones kind of probably got this all mm-hmm. started because it was a real shakeup, you know, imagine uh, breaking bad and you get into the uh, season season one and Walter White just gets blown away at the end of that season and now it's <laughs> Walt Jr. and Jesse's story. Yeah. Like, you know, that's you don't expect it, right? Because like, you know, we we even talked about how effective Breaking Bad was at building tension, even though you knew you knew Walter White wasn't going to die. But what if you didn't? Holy shit. 
if you didn't know any character major if the major characters had this everything is so much more uh tense you know mm-hmm. you're on pins and needles about about the stuff um because that's the thing is like i even late season expanse like whenever the main characters are in danger uh <laughs> they paid off beautifully this last season anytime the main character is in danger you've got that kind of little you know like oh my god is this the last i'm going to see of amos or holden or naomi or whatever um and i like that i like that but i think it's just because it subverts our expectations all my life with very rare exceptions the good guys always win yeah you know they're never going to unless it's the establishing thing that that forms the hero's trauma their daughters are never going to be killed their sons are going to be fine their wives are going to you know and and this kind of subversion is interesting but but you hit a point now you feel like you're bloodthirsty because the show is it got you to expect that, you know, uh, this tension is going to be there. And it really hasn't been not for a long time. And if you've if you've read the comics then there hasn't been tension for a really long time. So, yeah, the. It, you know, it's it's strange to me that they eliminate so many show or characters from the show without actually killing them too, like Rick mm. and Michonne. They're gone. They're not in the show. They did this with Maggie too, but they're not dead. You know, it's like they're leaving the door open for something. And I guess in Rick's case, they're leaving the door open for a series of movies, perhaps. Yeah, uh, Michonne. Uh, I don't know what the fuck they're leaving the door open on that one for. Oh, it's just be like in the movie. Judith, for sure. They don't want Judith to not have any parents. Like what? Because no, they're probably gonna going to kill be... Rick. It's going to be Grimes, the Walking Dead Grimes, uh, second semicolon or second colon, the search for Judith. And it's going to be <laughs> or no search for Michonne. And then they'll team up in the uh-huh. second movie for search for Judith. And then, of course, the return of the Jedi is the search for the RJ. OK, so yeah. <laughs> you've got it. You, you know, I don't know where the Ewoks fit in and all that, but no, I. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if they think there's more money to be squeezed out of a character than killing them off, they'll definitely do that. And yeah. uh, I don't know. They might have miscalculated because I don't know who the hell uh, after you get done. If you and I don't know, unless there's just a barn burning ending to this Walking Dead, I don't see who comes back and's like, you know what? I wanted to see what happened with Andrew Lincoln mm-hmm. um, in a way that would justify many, many more movies. Now, I don't know. Maybe the, the thing is, is like they might do the Paramount star trek method where do you those movies were made cheap 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 reuse sets really uh reuse uniforms you know like uh yeah the latest ones oh yeah especially the latest ones like i mean they they obviously built a new set for uh you know like uh yeah that first first contact but you know they're using like in generations especially i mean that's just literally just reused next generation props and oh, deep space yeah, nine uniforms yeah. and stuff like that and oh then i see what you're saying using contact, the stuff from the show yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so you i mean and, and those those uh um uh movies are kind of shockingly cheap if you look up their production budget so uh, the walking dead if i had to guess from amc studios is going to be that this is going to be some kind of cheap thing but right. i don't know so um, all of our survivors from alexandria are going to go to the commonwealth and then rick's going to come back to alexandria and just be alone there and not know where <laughs> his friends and family went that's the search for michonne yeah, yeah but yeah, it'll yeah, all take yeah. place yep. from alexandria he'll just be on the radio yep. for an hour and a half yep and he's going to find a cell phone with a carving of rick and judith on it mm-hmm. and that's going to be 
It's going to be broken in half, and he's going to go out to the coast, and he's going to hold that broken piece of cell phone out, and it's going to match up with a <laughs> series of rocks. And he's going to steal the Declaration <laughs> of Independence. Yes, from from One-Eyed Willie. He's been holding it for all these uh, all, all these years. Uh, all right, I, we got lost in the weeds here, Tom. I'm sorry. You've been sitting here patiently. Uh, your second question. Suppose Kang had gone hard the other way and was just brutal with the deaths this season. Is this a better show if Tier 2 Jerry gets devoured by walkers in a uh, claustrophobic cave while Tier 2 Connie dies from the collapse? Is it a better show if the attack on Hilltop shows Tier 3 Yumiko and Tier 1 Rosita dying in combat with little fa- fanfare? Is it a better show if Tier 1 Gabriel is actually killed in the finale battle and Tier 1.5 Maggie just misses him and we find out later one of Jerry's Tier 4 kids was killed? There's such a far cry from that show at this point, even with last season's heads on spikes, it's hard to imagine what kind of show that would be. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, the heads on spikes was big. Uh, we lost. I Enid. thought that was appropriately. That felt yeah. like shit. Anyone could die. And I did we I think we mentioned this in the, at the time. Yeah, the Walker, the the finale, the Walker battle felt a little anticlimactic. I, I think you're going way bloodthirsty, like you're leaving the covers covered's bare for next season as far as telling a story. With right. Characters. That's the scary part. But I like one or two of these things. Like, I think one of the two, Jerry or Connie, probably should have died. Yes. You know, and sure. that near you can't you can't fake us out twice in one. Preferably. Mad, but she's like tier three, like Jerry would yeah, hurt more. So like sure. then, and, and Connie is tier two because of her relationship with Daryl. And since she's got a relationship with the main character, we found out more about her and we like her more. So like one of those two would have been uh, nice. I felt like a psychopath. I, I felt like get the Gabriel one was a rip. I felt like that mm. could have that should have. But but yeah, there again, either Rosita or Gabriel probably should have died because then you feel like the community survived by the skin of the teeth. And even if they did an equally shitty job of talking about uh, or telling about the destruction of Alexandria, it just flows better if you know, you know, like like it's the devastations reflected in the cast, not yeah, just yeah. in the the background facades of buildings. You know? Oh, but the locations are characters in their minds. It's true. The Hilltop I mean, everyone had a personality. Says everyone says the biggest, the biggest character in The Walking Dead's Oceanside. Sure, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think I, I think it, you, you got it's a good balance because unfortunately the Gimple era left us with, uh, yeah, not a lot of great new characters that no. were fully developed. Um, so if you got rid of every, and you already got rid of Rick, you already got rid of Michonne. That's a lot of T one right there. Mm-hmm. Um, you could get yourself in a situation where next season's literally who? Like, who's yeah. the leader? Boston, Rob, and Maggie. Like, okay, well, I like Maggie. She's coming, but like, yeah, it gets to be a problem. I think. Next up is Kyle. I'm a little late on the episode, but the Archeron Part Two episode you mentioned Daryl having his backpack, uh, including uh, carrying a heavy mace. Well, to those who've played D and D, Daryl must have found a bag of holding his adventures with dog. It's an extra dimensional plane of holding. You reach in the bag, think of what you want. Boom, it's in your hand. Bag can hold a massive amounts and appears empty. It's the only reasonable explanation. Can you? Yeah, I guess. Can you just uh, just just sling a bag of holding over your? I, I feel like uh, if you hold it upside down, I guess you said it appears empty, though. Mm. So I'm trying to think of uh, like if uh, you, you held down. Isn't that in Harry Potter? Like uh, Hermione's got one of those purses, and if she holds it upside down and shakes it, a bunch of shit falls out. I felt like. Huh. But anyway, okay. Yeah, I don't know. 
I don't know. I mean, it could be, or they could just like, you know, like the, an REI. They got like backpack weights. So you can test it out at the store. Just, just chuck a five or 10 pound. It's not, it's not much. I don't want, I don't want the Norman Reedus blowing his spinal column out, <laughs> but just a, 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 a you know, a, a, a coffee ground can full of Folgers, yeah. something to, to, to let the man know that he can't just be slinging this around anyway, especially you imagine having a giant fucking mace. This 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 bald and spike thing, and you just just flip it on and throw it, and it just like crashes into your middle of your back. <laughs> That's Christ. what the vest is for. So uh, yeah, the v- spike protection. <laughs> it's got extra mace protection woven into the uh, the angel wings. Okay, moving on to Karen from Los Angeles. I'm really glad I never unsubscribed because I wouldn't have known your podcasting again. I shamefully listen to five Walking Dead podcasts, and I love your podcast the most. Well, that's <laughs> wow. that's high praise. I think that's all of them now that you're listening to. Yeah, all that are uh, left. Yeah, uh, but yeah, if you're, you know, uh, I'm glad you were never unfollowed the podcast. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess the best way to keep up with this is either the website baldmove.com or Twitter at baldmove. We usually, uh, and, and the other thing is, uh, this is a new feature since we've been kind of like post, uh, since we swore off The Walking Dead and, and we've relapsed. We now have two feeds, Bald Move Pulp and Bald Move Prestige, that all of our podcasts, other than the premium stuff, get sorted into. So, like, Prestige, think like Mad Men, Breaking Bad, uh, you know, fucking The Irishman, so, you know, stuff like that. Sure. And Pulp is zombies, aliens spaceships ray guns lightsabers dragons mm-hmm. uh magic things of that nature superheroes so uh i imagine a lot of the watching dead fans might be fans of bald move pulp you can check it out uh aaron just want to comment that this episodes that the episodes that don't include daryl rather aren't as great mainly because i get to hear your awesome impersonation on mm. the podcast i the thing is i i, I was tempted to do a daryl but i'm like i learned with rick it's it's too much of a good thing. It's like you yeah. like cinnamon and you want to hate cinnamon. Dump a shit ton of cinnamon in the next dish you, you like, you know, like mm-hmm. you just got to you just, you know, I just, I just 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 won't do it. I won't do it. Almost did it just then, but I'm, I'm not going to. Uh, let's take a quick break before we consider the next email. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay, we're back with Scott M. Scott says, as a series viewer that has gone through a range of emotions, including hate watching The Walking Dead, I love the year you put together a one-minute overview for each season in sequence. Eleven years later, I have very vague memories of the highlights of season three through eight. Cast members were added and then killed off. The governor had heads in jars. Maybe a tank showed up. Turn them as cannibals. They moved north for some reason. You get the point. 
I'm never going to watch these episodes again, but I think you provided great service by quickly reminding us how the hell we got here. Thanks and keep up the great work. Boy, this reminds me of the project that we briefly considered pulling off, which was going yeah. to be just that, like uh, essentially a recap of uh, at some point. I, I'm not sure we had a couple of different breakpoints, like after season six or after we had dropped our full coverage. Uh, and we were going to do just a little like five minute kind of uh, recap video for people that just wanted to jump right in and catch up. And we were going to do it like presented in universe style. So it's narrated by, you know, Rick Grimes and, and Daryl, uh, Daryl, the wildcat. <laughs> uh, and we just ran out of time. We started working on a script and we started looking at how much time we had left. We're like, there's no way we can pull this off. So we, we killed it. But. For you, since you asked so nicely, I'm going to walk through the seasons of The Walking Dead. Uh, with the help of the Wikipedia article on the Walking Dead seasons, uh, season one, when Sheriff Deputy Sheriff's Deputy Rick Grimes of King County, Georgia, wakes from a coma, he discovers the world has been overrun by zombies, quote unquote walkers. After befriending one Morgan Jones, Rick travels alone to Atlanta before finding his son, Lori. Whoa, scratch that wife, Lori, <laughs> son, Carl, and his police partner and best friend, friend, Shane Walsh, best, best friend. friend Shand Walsh in the woods with other survivors. After being attacked by walkers at night, the whole group travels back to Atlanta to the Center for Disease Control or the CDC. People who don't know a fucking thing about nothing. Let me tell you. Uh, and but find the whole the, the sole remaining scientist has no cure yet for the pandemic. Uh, I mean, this is this is yeah, classic. This is mm-hmm. this is peak walking dead. It's got was a Vatos. Yeah. The one kind of nursing home gang episode that had the the, the smoocher and the scorpion tattoo and the guys bald uh, like I th- th- they had some rough patches, but like atmosphere and dread and like the zombies still being real menacing and our survivors being kind of dumble stumble fucks. Great stuff. Season two, quote unquote, the wheels start falling off. Rick's group searching for Carol's mm-hmm. mister, missing daughter, Sophia. Oh, yeah, I remember that. She, she bolted that mm-hmm. first episode. Oh, yeah. Takes shelter at a farm run by one Herschel Green. Tensions with Herschel's family worsen after it's discovered that is a barn full of walkers, including former friends and family members. Rick learns that Shane and Lori were romantically involved while he was in a coma and that Lori is pregnant. Shane and Rick's friendship deteriorates until Rick is forced to kill Shane in self-defense. Commotion attracts walkers to the farm, forcing Rick's group to unlock the unlimited ammo cheat code to all of Herschel's sh- shotguns. And allowing his family to uh, evacuate. You know, this had the 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 Glenn Gambit with the well zombie. It had uh, what? Uh, who who's the ah fuck? Andrea. Andrea almost shooting mm-hmm. Daryl's head off for no damn good reason. Um, a little bit treadmill action with Herschel and kind of like whether we're gonna do kid gloves on him or not. But this is still a solid season. I liked yeah. it. Yeah, it is. Season three, eight months after fleeing the farm, Rick's group sans Andrea, but with Herschel's family, finds a remote prison where they make their new home after cleaning it of walkers. Lori is killed from an emergency C-section. <laughs> My savagely torn uterus! <laughs> uh, and Rick starts to become unhinged and hallucinates. Andrea is rescued by Michonne, and they t- the two discover Woodbury, a fortified town led by a deceitful man known as the governor, who seeks to destroy the group at the prison. Rick's group launches a raid that destroys Woodbury, but the governor kills Andrea and escapes. Remaining citizens of Woodbury move on into the prison. Uh, I don't remember all the reasons I didn't like this season. Um, 
Uh, maybe because it was like Atticon Speed, man. Zach Atticon Speed. This is where (laughs) like Walking Dead had kind of a reputation for like bringing uh, uh, people of color onto their show to kill. Yes. Like it's like all the worst impulses, but also like, yeah, you have a, yeah. So uh, I remember that being a big storyline. I remember the governor just being a little too nice and clean uh, compared Mm. to his comic book kind of depravity. And just in general, this should have ended here, but the big problem is we've got a whole other fucking season of the governor in season four. Several months after the governor's attack, a deadly flu virus mm-hmm. kills many people in the prison. The governor finds Martinez. <laughs> Martinez, God. I think. I don't know which one is right, honestly. His former right-hand man and kills him, taking over his group before leading them into the prison. Rick's group's forced to separate and flee while Herschel and the governor are killed. The survivors divided, take off against or face off against the undead and make new acquaintances. They all find numerous signs pointing to a safe haven called Terminus. Uh, there they reunite, but groups uh, with Rick's group sans Carol uh, and they're captured for some unknown purpose. I did not know that I was the cliffhanger. I thought that uh, was yeah, like a mid season kind of goal. The yeah. A uh, the final episode is called a, which we all know what that means. Oh, right. The a train. It's the first, uh, first instance of the a boxcars being used. Uh, Abraham so, shows up in that. See Abraham and Rosita and Eugene. Does he? That's when they come in. Uh huh. Oh, that's exciting because this is this is Daryl one v one a tank. I remember that's yes. the, the highlight of the season. Uh, you know, Andrea, it wasn't. Uh, no, she. Yeah, she gets killed before. Oh, no, this is the one where Carol gets banished. And this is also the look at the flowers. Lizzie season. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This has the grove. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, season five, the residents of Terminus have become cannibals. <laughs> Led by Lieutenant Yatasha Yar. But Carol mm-hmm. leads a charge that frees Rick's group. Man, this is where Carol started becoming real fucking oh, cool. No. But also the yeah, seeds of her slab town. <laughs> yeah. Slap town. Yeah. Fucking slap town. Some of the group are captured by a group of corrupt cops based out of Grady Memorial Hospital, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Slap town. After the group migrates to Virginia, a stranger named Aaron approaches all the way back Damn. in season five. Right. Inviting them to join the fort. Yeah, they do. They do for no good reason over Mm -hmm. applesauce. Uh, Inviting them to join the fortified community of Alexandria led by Deanna Monroe. They quickly realize the residents are soft as a boiled egg and they pledge to do what it takes (laughs) to survive. Rick becomes attracted to Jesse Anderson and discovers she has an abusive husband. Deanna signals Rick to execute the man after he kills her husband as Morgan arrives unexpectedly. Right as Rick just beats the death. Beats the life out of this guy, if I recall right. And he's like, yeah. Rick, have you, are you clearing? I've come back with my stick and you're clearing? What's and going he on? he says, somebody answer that phone. <laughs> uh, season six, the residents of Alexandria trust Rick's group to protect the town, a group known as the Wolves. The Wolves use a zombie hmm. horde to attack Alexandria, and Deanna and the entire Anderson family, amongst others, are killed. Oh, yeah, this is straight out of the comics. I thought this worked really well. While recovering, Alexander learns of a community called the Hilltop. A man called Jesus invites them to trade supplies with Hilltop if they can end help in the threat of the extortionist saviors led by a man named Negan. Though Rick's group decimate one savior outpost, they are later caught by Negan and forced to submit. This is where Abraham gets his brains beat in. Or no. The end of this season is like a 
eeny, the meeny, miny, mo, yeah. Miny, mo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, and this is where, like, this is the Cold Rolled Steel era, mm-hmm. Slap Town, the Cabin episode with Daryl and Beth. There's some good, there's some good ones in here. But, woof, woof, we're starting to get into the, yeah, the, the dregs. The, oh, no, the, oh, no, Jadis. <laughs> <laughs> Season six, the residents of Alexandria trust Rick's group to protect the town. A group known as the Wolves used the zombie horde to attack Alexandria and Deanna. Wait, wait, this is seven, right? You just, oh, I, yeah, I yeah, you yeah. Just sorry, I just, I just, I just read. Sorry. Season seven. Okay. Negan, a, a, a visible, another visible drop in quality. Negan brutally mem- <laughs> yeah. murders Glenn and Abraham. There's, there's a whole lot to win on between those two. Initiating his rule over Alexandria. His actions lead Rick initially to submit, but Michonne persuades him to fight back. They encounter a community called the Scavengers that ask them for help. Uh, this is, uh, yeah, this yeah. is Romulan Subcommander Jadis. Carol and Morgan befriend King Ezekiel, the leader of the kingdom. Fuck yeah, King Ezekiel? No. All the way until seven. Wow, okay. Really? While Maggie and Sasha rally the hilltop. And also, Oceanside is discovered in this episode. And it's so important it doesn't make the Wikipedia <laughs> summary. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, that describes Oceanside uh, in a nutshell. Oceanside? Who? Rosita and Eugene make a bullet to kill Negan. Oh, right. Eugene discovering uh, the secrets of bullet reloading. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the bullet is blocked by Lucille, Negan's baseball bat, Negan forcefully recruits Eugene as a savior. The saviors and turncoat scavengers attack Alexander, but are repelled by Sasha's sacrifice and aid of the kingdom uh, and hilltop soldiers right coffin uh, scene this is another thing man this neat this this season seven should have just kind of been all season seven and eight should have been collapsed into each other it's crazy that there was 32 episodes devoted to this action <laughs> season eight Rick, Maggie, and Ezekiel rally their communities into war against Negan and the saviors losses are heavy on both sides and many of the kingdom soldiers are killed Alexander fail, falls to a savior attack and Carl is bitten by a walker before euthanizing himself. Carl convinces Rick to end the war and restart society anew. Negan attempts to wipe out Rick and his allies in a final battle, but Eugene thwarts his plan by sabotaging the savior's bullets. Ha! Rick then wounds Negan against Maggie's wishes. Negan is spared and imprisoned, ending the war. What? Again, that's the thing is like this shit works if you just read it at a like a six sentence summary level. <laughs> right. Because Rick wounding Rick slit Negan's throat ear to fucking ear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a wound. Sure. That's a wound. Uh, I am yeah. realizing. I, I don't remember a damn thing about season eight. I was so tuned out at that point. And there's a reason we quit after season eight. No, it's, season eight is terrible. Like I said, season if you take all of the good stuff in season uh, seven and eight, and then probably pack it into the good stuff of season six. You've got mm-hmm. a decent sixteen episode, or a really good uh, sixteen episode run. Like probably. I said, that I I keep coming back that there's a better world we lived in where you know Walking Dead and Game of Thrones wrapped up at the same time, and there would have been a pretty amazing debate over which was the better ride. Because yeah. Walking Dead kind of stumbled, found its feet, you know, Gimple got a, a, a new injection of life into the franchise, whereas the Double D's ran out of original content and started, you know, writing fan fiction. Uh, but we don't live in that world. Clearly, no. clearly, we do not live in the good timeline. So we didn't get that. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to dispense with nine, ten, eleven. I mean, we're, we're we're right here, man. Yeah. So there you go. 
that's that's your catch up. That's the the best and worst moments of the of the Walking Dead. I mean, nine and ten, you can uh, sum up as Whisper War. Yeah, and that see, I think that's because like the whispers didn't even show up until later in season eight. Like we had the whole thing wrapping up things with Rick, which I thought that was pretty good. We had the time jump. Uh, mm-hmm. Then we kind of like you know the way they handled Whisper War was almost like a growing shadow of a threat for a half season, and then a full season to deal with them, and it was done. Uh, and I yeah. like that. I still think that's that's yeah. If they'd have done that with Negan, and they'd done that with the Governor, we're talking about a completely different show. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, Marcos in Seattle. When I watched the introduction of Pope, the leader of the Reapers, I couldn't help seeing a comparison to Colonel uh, Colonel Kurtz, the mad dog rogue commander played by Marlon Brando in Apocalypse Now. We follow that comparison. Could Daryl be the role of Captain Willard, played by Martin Sheen, who follows up and has a job, or sorry, shows up and has a job of taking out the deranged colonel? Think of it, a scene with Pope laying sick in bed, repeating, the horror, the horror. Uh, mm-hmm. I, that's yeah and he's already got a a person on the inside mm-hmm. in the form of uh leah so i could see that it's almost certainly what's going to happen now and if he if he takes if he decapitates them after earning the squad's trust boy this could be a real shot in the arm for uh alexandria will he do it before maggie and negan and all those people are killed because or it, i don't know Trying to think how much you need those people at this point. So close to the end of the series. Can you just like murder that entire group and Daryl is the only one who survives that? Maybe. But what does that do for the store? Because like I I'm starting to think, yeah, maybe. But I don't that. If they take the Reavers and they add it to Alexandria, I guess the only purpose would be to take a stand against the Commonwealth. I just don't think it's possible for Alexandria to take the Commonwealth unless the Commonwealth is just a giant sham. Yeah. Uh, where they're just, you know, they, they found, you know, uh, a couple dozen sets of paintball armor. Mm-hmm. And with that, they've built the legend of civilization being formed and they've got a, a, a cheap ass uh, ham radio that lures people in. And then, you know, I don't know, but like if it's anything like what they're, positioning themselves as they're just way just with the people power and organization and economies of scale they're going to beat the fuck out of alexandria maybe the commonwealth is just a strip mall that they've taken over that had a radio shack (laughs) uh, a paintball store Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. i I don't know a baskin robbins or something who knows what they have they have some grow supplies if they have like uh, some greenhouse supplies you could make a real good post-apocalyptic run there it's true uh, I just yeah, I mean, I, I guess if these guys are special forces, there might be interesting to do like a leadership decapitation strike. But like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what Ma- like. Let, let's say that they do that, and like Maggie, Gabriel, and and like what Boston Rob, Aaron are running the Commonwealth now. I don't know that they can. Like, are are these guys yeah. are these guys equipped to run like? Any kind of, you know, let's let's, you know, like there's a thousand, two thousand, three thousand, however many people are there. I, I don't know. That's a different job than just kind of like you got a tribe and you're going to try to manage a city. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Maggie I already tried all this, this, right? I mean, her hilltop <sighs> tenure failed. She ran away because sure. she couldn't handle the Constitution they were setting up. So, right. Yeah. Going bringing her into a leadership position where, yeah, I, I don't I don't see it. 
I don't see Maggie leading Where summary execution is not a punishment point. you can just go to. You know, you can't just <laughs> right. string people up and put them in stockades and hold... Yeah, there's, yeah. there's laws and shit that you got to follow. There's... Yeah, legacy human constitutions and Get declarations the, yeah. of human rights you got to contend with. What the fuck is this? Um, all right, let's keep moving on with Nicole B. For some reason, I ended up watching the first few minutes of The Talking Dead, opening with Chris's interview with the actor that plays Leah. She slipped a little, saying there's a big part of Leah's storyline that I uh, uh, will just never know. And it stood out to me how much the show relies on actors to make sense of their characters in their own headcanon in order to portray what is written on paper. Leah went from being part of her squad uh, Reapers with an adopted son and dog to being alone with dog in the cottage to being with Daryl then being alone then back to the Reapers. It's an entire emotional and mental journey to her that's all left up to the actor to figure out. I can picture the writer's room patting themselves on the back of how clever they think they are painting a love. Sorry, planting a love interest for Daryl, who ends up being part of some wacky religious cult that's aggressively hunting down Maggie and pitting them all against each other. Just feels so shallow. That's all built around plot points with no regard or understanding of character arcs. Leah from the bonus episode was a sharp, no nonsense, capable, intelligent and independent survivor who was locked in her closet by a single zombie. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget that. No. <laughs> Uh, with uh, with emotional scars of losing a child. In this episode, she was an intelligent, strategic torturer that still cares for Daryl, and nothing we have seen of this character makes me think she would willingly follow a religious zealot and accept watching a friend be burned alive for suspected transgressions with no more emotion than a sad-faced emoji frown. Yeah, it's tough because I get the impression that the, that she was already following the religious zealot, right? Like, they were forged in the fire way back in the day. Uh, yep. when this thing started so I don't know I, I mean it, but she left for yeah. good reason Leah does feel like down. a different person the, the Leah that Daryl knew in the cabin feels like a different person from this one but yeah you're right I, I don't know it's weird I don't know I don't know it's it's weird when you deal with stuff like this when you deal with the religious stuff I mean have you ever known like a religious friend at school and they talk a certain way at school and they act a certain way or maybe at the job. And then you see them when they're interacting with their parents or like if, uh, if father Gabriel's around or whatever, and they're com- they transform into a completely different person. I was definitely um, not that kid. I was definitely like, not that kid. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, I, I think that some people just don't have experiences with dealing with this kind of ties and the religious stuff. And the fact that, like you did survive something that the entire group perceived as miraculous against all hope when you're in a church. And if this guy was already kind of like the type that would be a little bit, you know, fundamentalist in his outlook and you're kind of like, Oh, you know, whatever Pope, he's talking about the Bible and all that, but whatever. And then like his shit comes true. And then he's personally responsible for the safety and design. I, 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 I don't know. Like a lot of people don't have personal experience with that kind of hold that someone can have on you. Um, yeah, it's just the, the weird, weirdest part is the cabin stuff. I don't quite understand why she left. I don't understand yep. who she was when she left because she seemed yeah. very different. And, and why I agree. And I guess like if she was OK living in the cabin by herself and Daryl comes along and it turns her down, essentially why does she suddenly go back? What, what is, why does that trigger her going back to Pope? It's got to that... be something interesting, right? Like, we're going to find out. We're going <laughs> to find out something about me. the way her... No, nah, it's true. This is The Walking Dead, after all. 
but I feel like there will be something about her son that something that Pope got him killed or because the thing is, is like, okay, I think if you leave and you do a love shack cabin for a couple of years with Daryl and then this group hunts you down and finds you <laughs> like if you don't get Judas, yeah, you're going to get like burnt or branded or scarred or and maybe I don't know if she takes off her shirt. It's just like a massive bars burns and stuff on the back or of her or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, that's what I don't get. And I but but maybe if Pope feels like he was responsible or he did something that drove her away, like you got her son killed or whatever. Um, maybe he's you know, that's you know, it's kind of like, well, if you forgive me for killing your adopted son, then I'll let you back in the family. And that's a square deal to him. Yeah, I, I, it's I like God know. loves, you know, letting them yeah. roam the wilderness for 40 years or whatever. And then, you know, eventually you welcome them back into the fold, right? It's now, I don't know why they can't tell that story in a straight linear fashion. Like, I don't know why. Like, I, I guess I would have been up for a bonus episode that's literally not have anything to do with our group. Like if there was just uh, the Daryl episode where Leah's just kind of like a background character and the very next episode is just all Leah and like how she got to that point and it ended with, you know, Daryl showing up a dog at her doorstep the first time finding how she got treed up her own in her cabin by mm-hmm. this fucking zombie. That'd been kind of cool. And then we wouldn't have to do this tortured, you know, half assed Quentin Tarantino stuff. But but mm-hmm. the other thing is like if they just never get around to talking about that. That's the real. This is where I can really see your frustration coming. And we've talked about it all the time, right? Like, yeah, yeah. you know, we've heard firsthand these these actors, uh, like like you said, they have to come up their own fucking uh, motivation and backstory because the writers can't be bothered. Um, so mm-hmm. maybe they should get the actors in the room while they're spitballing and breaking episodes, if you know, because they're coming up with good stuff. Honestly, Gimple, yep. take notes. Uh, on your next fucking failed project of show. Uh, let's move on to Robin from Georgia. At first, I was so mad at Walking Dead for giving us again Daryl being captured and tortured, a charismatic cult leader, uh, burning a guy alive in the fire, and all, yeah, Leah. And then you said you're positive on an episode, and I'm like, what? You've got to be kidding. But I didn't know much about the military or cults, and I know only a little bit about the Old Testament Bible. Uh, so as I listened to your commentary, I appreciated the episode a lot more and I didn't see as many cookie cutter repeat plot elements as I did. Well, that's good. I'm glad we're able to help uh, your appreciation of this. Uh, mediocre to sometimes good show. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I still don't like Leah, though. I didn't like her in the episode uh, season 10 C when this supposedly badass warrior morphed into a whiny stay with me, Daryl type chick. I think she's manipulative in a Lori sort of way. Oh, that's damning. Mm. And I doubt her story of how she came to be living in that cabin. Yeah. Uh, most of what I know about the military is they don't leave anyone behind. So what situation would have been so bad that they left her for what appears to be years? I think she a went a wall, but then it's the other question in reverse. What the yeah. fuck? How does she get back into their good graces? Um, and for some reason, Pope thinks she only wants Daryl to join them because he's an old boyfriend. So she must have been unreliable in the past. Did they banish her for a while and let her back in? Was Pope also testing her by trapping her in the fire? I felt like she was in on that fire trapping. Um, hmm. So it wouldn't have been a very good test. But the other questions are are all good. And I think you're on to something because that's the thing about Lori. It's like, you know, there was a, a lot of people talking back in the days where Lori was sucking breath about, you know, was she manipulative or she a bitch or <laughs> the men, yeah. or the audience, just a bunch of men that hate women. 
And I think all of those things are actually true because the thing that drove mm. me crazy about Lori, and I don't think I hate women, um, is that she would just go like back and forth. Like she would say to Rick, like, you need to be assertive and sh- step up to Shane. Yeah. And then he would do it. And she'd be while he was doing it. She'd be, come on, Rick, you got to be that hard on Shane. <laughs> right. And then when she's got Shane, he'd, she'd be like, it's like almost she like playing she wanted the two other. men to kill each other, to try killing each other. And then she'll yeah. stick the strong one. Uh, yeah. And, and there's, there's just a whole bunch of stupid shit involving Lori. There's a reason we had a, a burrito <laughs> festival when she died. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I don't know. I, uh, but I, I see what you mean because here, I don't think it's necessary. That's what she's doing. It's just that, yeah, we, we're caught between these two very interesting characterizations of this woman that don't seem to mesh up. And like, is she just weak for Daryl? Like, I, I don't know. That's not very satisfying. No. Let's move on. We got two more. Seawells. Maybe some people are buying this Reaper Soldier Fortune stuff, but I just can't. I feel nothing for them in comparison to the dread I felt when Negan was blocking off the roads before that arc. Yeah, that was a good. Like, you know, Rick and company kicked their asses at the satellite building and then they're coming back and then there's all these things. Blah, well, go this other path. Oh, that block. And just like the scale of the organization. Like yeah. you didn't even take down a tenth of them. Fucking good. It's fucking good. Or the thunder and lightning in the cemetery after hearing whispers talk with the whispers. That was or the walkers talk with the whispers. That was also good. They have a lot of work to do to convince me that the Mandarin off of Iron Man three is some super badass. Mm-hmm. I should be worried for the group about. This is tracking something like Daryl is going to pretend join, but then with the never failing power of love, he's going to convert Leah to the light side. She's going to die saving him. And honestly, I'm going to be bothered if this is how it rolls, but we shall see. Uh, I actually think that's unironically what's going to happen. (laughs) There are opportunities for cliches here. Certainly. Yeah. With a side order of about uh, a half dozen or so special forces operations, troopers joining uh, the Alexandria crew. Oh yeah. Too. Think yeah. so? Deconvert them and and stick them in the Alexandria. I think they're going to tell like a late like this is late stage cult where you know and that's most cults are not stable. If the cults are stable past a generation or two, you know what we call them religions. Mm-hmm. Um, because usually there's this intense pressure on the cult leader to continue to defy the expectations of his followers, eyes and ears as regards to his prescriptions of the world and what's going to happen and how only they can be, you know, like eventually he'll run out of promises. They'll get more and more outlandish. He'll make more and more like this is the really and people will, you know, kind of melt away from him. And I think they're starting to tell that story of Pope like. She we we, we, we talked about this in the episode, right? Like she said. We haven't lost people for a long time. They lost Judas for sure. Uh, this other guy got killed in the line of duty. Pope burnt another guy, and they're kind of panning around the f- soldiers' faces, and they 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 look like children who are watching one of their 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 brothers and sisters being punished unjustly, except yeah. for the punishments being burned alive. So, mm-hmm. I I think we're really late stage cult here, and there it's ripe for a, an overthrow. This is uh, David Koresh at the you know burn you know are you going to stay at the burning compound? Or are you going to try to get out? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll see. But uh, yeah, there's no fucking. I mean, what Daryl? Daryl's not going to. Daryl's not going to die. No, that's he can't. the one thing. He literally, can't. I know. Yeah, I know. He's yeah. Unless he's, unless he's a, a walker in the spinoff. <laughs> That's kind Carol, of an amazing idea. Carol with Daryl on, on a chain. 
as a Carol pet. and Daryl and, and, and Norman Reedus is just a progressively more rotted zombie <laughs> over the course of the series. Norman, we would totally be down for that. He would love that. That would shut us the fuck up. Angela, <laughs> are you hearing like, sure you know, would. we've been bitching about what? And, and honestly, you didn't screw the situation up. You just. What if what if. I wonder if she could get away with killing Daryl in the last episode and keeping it from the AMC executives until and then the, what are they going to do? Just like, didn't have to immediately retcon it or didn't Gimple was it Gimple who did that or no, was it Mazzara. Mazzara who did that? Yeah, early on in like Mazzara rat, like kind of maliciously something. killed off Andrea, right? Uh-huh. Was like the story I got. Uh, and then the execs she was, were uh, like kind of pissed about it. She was pissed about. Yeah, there was. Yeah. He was he was eliminating what were perceived uh, loyalists to Darabont. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a reason AMC <laughs> had to just pay D- Frank so much money, right? So much money. It's like Game of Thrones in in a fucking network boardroom. Oh my god! All right, let's let's finish strong here. Maggie, I'm sorry, Dylan Q. Since Maggie and the Reapers took over Meridian, I'm thinking this is the place that Meridian and Maggie and Negan are headed towards. Uh, one of the things the show still struggles with is telling its audience where everything is in relation to each other. Thank you. I think Sewell's talking about this last week of how, like, mm-hmm. even if you know the geography, it's fucking nonsense. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know where they're going. I don't know how far away they are. I don't know where this is in relation to the Commonwealth, which seems like important information. Like this thing could use a a Game of Thrones style introduction, except yes. for it's Daryl's little hundred acre woods map. And is this right. painting all over this thing? Uh, yeah, they could, you know, you could have a little pop up uh, Alexandria's and now it's the windmills all fucked up and on fire. And yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, honest. Yeah, we need we could use that. We could use that. It could have used that uh, like five seasons ago. I, I don't think it's too late for that. Yeah, uh, I find myself constantly lost as to where all these settlements are, which is kind of the key part of the show at this point. There are no highways other than long lines filled with the woods. So I feel like the writers say we'll just take this road and end up a hilltop Alexander, D.C., etc. The Metro is a nice touch, but then it was just woods again. Uh, I agree. Um, I don't know that. And I'm thinking like, God, what? how ridiculous would Game of Thrones be if you didn't know where King's Landing was in relation to the wall, in relation to Winterfell, in relation to, yeah, uh, you know, Casterly Rock, in relation to like where Danny is over with the, you know, the Kalisar. It's because like a lot of the tension is knowing when the armies are advancing and how close they're getting and like, well, is this an initial skirmish or is this like like it'd be so much more tense if I knew that the Reapers or the Reavers were right up against Commonwealth like they haven't actually made mm-hmm. contact. But like because then, you know, the stormtroopers could show up and, and either help or hinder Mag. But you don't. It's just and I, I guess the writers like it because they can just do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. Like if Commonwealth shows up to save Daryl. Well, how are you to know? Uh, you, you haven't seen a map fuck you can you i know, ask they you, want to say along those lines so we've talked about oceanside and how it's just non-existent at this point right the writers have just totally forgotten that oceanside exists yeah there, there was the pain the stained glass pain and the <laughs> and the, the tree yeah there was one Devastated. shot of of uh the the dude from leftovers john Whatever his name is from the leftovers, right? John from the leftovers. Yeah, the oh, guy that yeah, yeah, yeah. Michelle Kevin, Kevin on the Murphy. Island. Yeah, walking through, uh, walking through Oceanside, right? Uh huh. Trying to steal it's a boat, like empty. But we don't know why. It, 
what's he up to? It's been like 15 episodes and this dude is just what out there. Do I care anymore? He's doing stuff. Isn't he the one that found Connie? You're right. He's, he he saw the ocean side was abandoned, not destroyed, but abandoned because mm-hmm. you can't destroy the fucking ocean side unless you're global warming. And then it just doesn't get destroyed. It just, you know, moves inland. Uh, but he does. Yeah, he, he, he finds Connie just as she's collapsing from barely surviving the, clay, the cave and being. Are we uh, ever going to get back to that? Is that a thing that the show cares yes, about? Anymore? To, I mean, uh, yeah, like we're, we're there. They're, yeah. 100 percent we we got to get back to connie we got to get back to this guy i'm sure they'll be related it feels like it's um, been forever since we've heard anything about that right because that's the other the other thing do you remember the giant wagons ho west like like uh-huh. mile wide caravan that that michonne left off? like i would like to know more about that i wonder if they're saving that for a movie plot yeah we're never going to hear from michonne again in this series you don't think so? I don't think so. Because like the only thing I can think of is like uh, Virgil somehow. I mean, they're going to definitely question Virgil about it because he's the last person from yeah. this group that saw Michonne. Um, you know, she she said on the walk, but he, she, they're going to ask him some questions. And I wonder, wonder what kind of answers he'll have for him. But he's a great actor. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a really good actor. And we need like, you know, uh, we need guys like Kevin Carroll in the home stretch to make us care about these characters. So, but he's also yeah. kind of a nutter. Like I don't, it's, there's not much for me to like latch on to his, his character and the performance, but um, all right. Side bet or side note. I bet we're seeing the start of a Maggie Negan power couple Dylan. <laughs> I don't think they're just redeeming him as a character. I think this could end with him and Maggie oh, leading the group. Glenn's rolling over even... in his shallow wet grave. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god no this or can't maybe happen. even doing the deed but we'll see no <laughs> no no I, where's Shame my water bottle i want to spray you like my cat no <laughs> this too horny too horny you can't this th- yeah no like once you go to call her uh, bed the widow right yeah. i mean no it's like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna wreck your box like i wreck glenn's skull like th- no nope. no no, it's just not. No, it's it's not going. It's not not even the other way. Maggie, Maggie, domin him, fem domin him. I it's just no, nothing. I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. No, there's very few things I absolutely do not want to see in The Walking Dead, and uh, Maggie sexing up Negan is definitely yeah. one of those things. I mean, this ends in one of two ways. One of them kills Jesus the other, Christ. or there is a, a grudging uh, acceptance. Of, of, of each I just other. now realized though that this is now in my head and everything because oh, like the thing is is n- bef- in, in a rom-com what precedes the protagonist madly passion and madly and passionately making out it's always an intense angry conflict right like sure. I could oh I could kill you like that's right where Maggie and Negan with a baseball bat, <laughs> and that's where that's where Maggie and Negan are right now. So every scene where they're like nose to nose, like screaming in each other's face, <laughs> sure, I'm, the, the, the possibility of them just kissing yep. is going. To, oh God damn it, Dylan! Uh, <laughs> it's not gonna happen. Uh this is yeah. Uh, I, I I I'm I'm betting pretty low odds on that, but you know, lots of internet points to win on on that long odds if you want to. <laughs> Put your I think it's more likely that black. 
Daryl and Negan hook up, honestly. Like, it's it's more likely for that to happen than for Maggie and him to hook up. Good God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, watching Dead. You got another hot. That's uh, that's a hot take. That's that takes scalding. Yeah. I had to I had to get my gloves out to handle that take. Uh, if you like you got another hot one like that, send it to watching dead at baldmove dot com. Uh, and we'll most certainly read it. We have got uh, another episode for you coming out this Sunday night, right at 9 p.m. Eastern or thereabouts. When the episode drops on AMC, we'll have date and time coverage. Thanks to the advanced copy we get through the AMC Plus app. And uh, we're looking forward to that. And again, watching dead at baldmove.com is how you get in feedback for the next episode of uh, our feedback, <laughs> which yeah. I should also mention. I forgot to do this at the top of the show. We record every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash baldmove. So you can kind of sometimes uh, get in on the act on the chat even. So watching it at baldmove.com. New episode this Sunday. I'm excited for it. We'll see you then. Till then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. Later. Later.